Okay, in today's episode, we're gonna be talking all about team meetings. Now, this is one of those things that done right in your business can really supercharge and empower you and your staff to really be more productive, to get more done, and to stop wasting people's time by pinging them and annoying them throughout the week because you've got a focused and valuable time together once a week or maybe even more frequently for you to actually get stuff done, make decisions and move stuff forward. Done badly, however, and I have been super guilty of this in the past, these can be total time drains, never-ending debating, arguing events, which really suck the energy out of everybody in there. And what commonly happens if you've got yourself and a business partner or yourself and a manager, you will end up having a debate and everyone else will be sat there just basically falling to sleep on the sidelines. It's a total waste of resources and it's exactly what we're trying to avoid. And today, hopefully, I'm going to give you a enough of an insight into all the stuff that we did wrong or have done wrong over the years and what we now do, which is really working. And it's super simple to do and stuff you can actually start applying in your business immediately. So stay tuned if you're interested in knowing how to supercharge your company meetings to make sure they are more productive and you do actually get stuff done, get decisions made and move your business forward as a result of every single meeting you have. So the question is this, how do entrepreneurs like us who don't have an endless supply of cash, how do we leverage the best apps, virtual assistants, automation tools and systems to scale our businesses, increase our profits and have more time to do what we love to do each day? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Dr. Steve Day and this is Systemize Your Success. Okay, so today, as I said in the intro, I'm going to be talking about company meetings. Now, I actually did a series on my Facebook channel about the death of team meetings because we got to a point in our business a few years ago when these meetings or all our company meetings, our department meetings, everything was just taking over. And I never felt we actually got anything done in those meetings. We didn't really have a plan. We never really made definitive decisions and stuck to those decisions. Most of those meetings were really spent debating either decisions that were made by somebody else that we then were arguing against, or they were talking about stuff which never really gave an implementable um, or, or delegatable action point at the end. So things weren't actually done. We weren't following up on people and what like what was agreed last week was actually done you know going forward and often we just pivoted from one thing to the next week on week and as a result we never really got traction on the business going forward and these meetings I just felt they should have been the, what the glue that held the company together and what I felt they were were was the opposite it was almost becoming a wedge between the leadership team and actually between the leadership team and the staff because what often happened was the leadership team or the management team would end up just sitting there debating stuff, which was really totally irrelevant to everyone else in the meeting. Or we'd talk about a specific topic, which you know was only actually useful or relevant to say you know a small proportion of the group, so two or three people in the team meeting, and everyone else is sort of sat there twiddling their thumbs or probably checking Facebook in the background uh, while they're on Zoom, and so. It was a total waste of time, I felt. It was um, draining my energy. It was draining the team's energy. And I think it was just really, uh, as I say, wedging uh, or creating a wedge between certain members of the team. And it really wasn't a productive thing to do. And so I've really set out, or I set out on a mission to, to solve that, to fix that. Because you do need to have meetings 
in your company. You do need to communicate with your staff and make sure that everyone's on the same page and moving forward. But there is a right way to do this. And I've done a lot of reading, I've done a lot of trial and error, and we've come up with a system to try to, well, not to try, we've come up with a system that I find is working really well. And it's what I share with my clients now. And they're also having really good results um, from implementing this very simple process. And I'm gonna talk you through that now. So the what I'm gonna to cover today is what type of meetings you should have, how to get started if you're not having any group or team meetings at the moment, or how to maybe adapt your meetings you're currently having to be more productive and actually get stuff done with the right people in the meetings. How to know what who are those right people, who should be in each of those meetings, how frequently you should have them, how long should they actually last, and what should you be covering, what should be the agenda of those meetings. So that's what I wanna talk about today, and I'm gonna talk about that in the context of our business, and also how doing these specific things which I'm gonna share with you, these five specific things I'm gonna share with you, that um, uh, how that's actually improved the way we've worked together as a team, rather than the opposite, which I found it was uh, happening in the past. Now we've had between, I, or I should have said, I've had between one and, or I've had zero employees, you know, when I first started out, but I quickly got my first assistant. So I've had between one and 14 staff members in our company, and I've had two business partners as well. Uh, one business partner, then we had two business partners in the business. So I've had a lot of different uh, dynamics going on in the business over the years, and that's led uh, to us trying lots of different types of team meeting structures, like trying to just get something that works. Now, should we invite everybody, you know, all 14 staff and the, the leadership team to the same meeting? Is there a benefit to that? Or should we segment it off and have, you know, just like literally one or two people in each meeting, I end up having five, six, seven meetings each week. And we tried both extremes. And I don't think either of those two extremes work very well. And what I've learned from actually helping my clients do this as well, who whose businesses range from literally being the same as me, one person bands who just taking on their first employee, all the way up to having um, 10, 15 staff and actually trying to get that dynamic right between different, you know, the front of house staff versus the management team. And so the stuff that I'm teaching you today, or the stuff I'm going to talk to you today about, I've tried and tested, we've also sort of tried and tested this improvement in other people's businesses as well. So the plan for you implementing this for the first time, so say you, let, let's just say you haven't got any real structured team meetings. Maybe you get together and you discuss you know, a project now and again. But what I'm talking about here is a regular meeting, a weekly meeting, and you set aside a given time for that meeting. And we'll talk about how long that should be in a second. But that meeting sticks at the same time. It has the same invitee list, so the same attendees every single week. And we'll talk about who should be to that meeting in a second. And the agenda is exactly the same every single week as well. We cover different stuff, but the agenda is the same. And the way that we do this, and I'll talk about the structured agenda in a second, but I'm just gonna talk about the benefits and uh, of doing it this way and, and why I think this works first. So, or also some of the things that you need to put in place before this will work as well. And so, the benefits I think of, of doing this on a regular, regular times are that if you have a meeting set each week at a given time and people know what the agenda is going to be, they know what the form of that meeting is, and they know that that's an opportunity for them to bring up their questions, concerns that need input from more than you know just one person. Like they need a team input to actually get involved with that, or they need to be discussed with the leadership team. What that allows you to do is to for people to dump their questions somewhere, knowing that it will be addressed at an appropriate time during the week. And what that 
often happens, I found, is that actually because there is a bit of a delay between them having their questions and getting them answered, they'll actually often go and figure stuff out for themselves in the meantime. Anyway, so it actually reduces the amount of uh, questions that come over, or the problems that are raised, because people go and find their own solutions uh, while they're waiting. They get bored and go and uh, do it themselves. And so um, that's one of the benefits of having this as a set time each week and a, you know with a set agenda. Uh, the other thing about having a set time, set agenda, and a set duration of the meeting is that people can schedule it in very easily. And back in the early days, we used to have meetings, it was team meetings, team meetings, super important. You know, we were the most important people, you know, we believed as a leadership team in the meeting. And people need to listen to what we had to say. Uh, I don't think we actually thought that, but that seems to be what, what the outcome was. And what would often happen is the meetings would be scheduled for 45 minutes or an hour, or whatever. And actually two hours later, we were still going strong and debating stuff. And everybody was, you know, as I mentioned before, they were basically falling to sleep and losing the world to live. And so being very clear, on how long this meeting is going to be and scheduling it and sticking to that gives people confidence that they can fit this in and know that it's not going to overrun and know that it's actually going to be productive because you've got an agenda. And so people are encouraged to come along as well. And so how I recommend that you do this, if you're just starting out, or maybe you've got a, a team meeting structure that isn't particularly uh, productive at the moment, is that in this will depend on the size of your company. I must have put a caveat in here. So if you've got 20 employees of different management structures, different management levels, you may decide to immediately break this off into sort of not having everybody in the meeting together. But if you've got, say, between, you know, naught and six, naught and 10 employees even, then I would recommend you actually just get everybody together and to actually have these team meetings as a team. And to run this team meeting, the first team meeting, to actually brainstorm all of the stuff that's currently, you know, going on in the company that needs to be discussed. And you may end up with quite a long list. You probably will, especially if you've got quite a lot of people, because everyone will have their own ideas of you know, what's important and what needs to be discussed. And, you know, and, and the idea is just to get all that out and brainstorm it. And some of that stuff you can group together. Uh, so one of my uh, clients of the day has just done this and they, um, they run a restaurant and they've got like 76 different issues that came up during this brainstorming meeting. And they're like, how can they possibly cover 76 issues? And the first thing is we don't have to cover every issue in each meeting. Like we don't have to go through all 76 uh, issues that come up in the brainstorming in the first meeting. They can be spread out over the course of the year. I mean, if, if that's what it takes to actually go through them. But the other thing is that often you can group things together. So for example, we, we were talking hypothetically about, so let's say there was you know three or four different changes to the menu in his restaurant. Well, they could go into menu changes and they could be then be discussed as a whole. So, and then prioritized within that one issue. Like what is the, um, what is the priority of these menu changes? Do we do them all at once or do we you know, do it in stages? And therefore you can sort of try as you, after you've done this brainstorm, sit down and group things together into logical things. So when they come up, they can be discussed rather than having you know three or four different entries for almost the same thing in your long list. And the idea is that this list of issues that you've got everyone together involved with because everybody's been involved in creating that there's now buy-in from everybody who was in that meeting and they want to get their issues addressed and discussed but the next thing you need to do as the management or the leader of the company is to actually prioritize the order in which those things need to be done now if you've not already got your fixed quarterly goals in place and I've discussed quarterly goals before, but it's so important to have these fixed for before you go into these meetings or use this brainstorm, this issues list to create your quarterly goals or however long your goals. I think quarterly is like 12 weeks is a really good uh, working period, I found. And you use these issues that you created to set down 
in stone what you're going to be covering, what, what areas your business you're gonna be working on over the next 12 weeks, and then anything that doesn't actually fit into those goals, and you maybe have between five and seven goals for your company, or less if you've, if it's you and one of the person, I would go for three goals. If you've got a team, then maybe five to seven, or possibly a few more, as long as, depending on the size of your team. And the, the key thing is that then any issue that doesn't match in or doesn't lead you towards accomplishing the goals that you've set out just gets parked until the next quarterly meeting. And then you can then decide if you're going to go forward with that. So there's long issues list you've got. It's going back to the brainstorm. The long issues list you've got, you organize those or you collate those together. You then prioritize them. And the top five to seven become your goals for that quarter. Everything else gets parked unless it's a subset of, you know, unless it's a stepping stone towards reaching your goals, then you can maybe leave it on the issues list to be discussed. And so what you end up doing is after that initial brainstorm, and maybe there were 70 things on that list to begin with, you group them together so you've got, I don't know, 40 odd. You choose the top five to seven. There's another, say, 10, which are sort of connected. So you leave them on the issues list and everything else gets parked. It's not an issue to be discussed this quarter because you've decided it's not a priority. You as a business need to make decisions of what is or isn't important enough to be dealt with this quarter and everything else is just a distraction. So you just part that and just you know deal with the consequence of people not getting their ideas looked at this quarter. That's fine. You've got to make those tough decisions sometimes. And now you've got your uh, A, your goals and B, your issues list for your first meeting. And you may find that in that first meeting, that, um, or you may find when you look at issues list that, that there's a bunch of stuff which is all related to the same topic, so or, or the same department. So, for example, you may you may realise very easily that on your list of stuff to do, you've got five of the the seven things on your your list are all marketing and sales related, and then you've got two things which are operational, or maybe one operational, one HR, whatever. And you may think then, well you know, actually, even before we start this meeting, maybe it makes sense to separate out the sales and marketing team and have a separate meeting with them and then have the other two things, which are more, you know, operational, more company-wide, have the team meeting with everybody in for that. And maybe not every single person needs to come to that. You can make that decision after, I'd run with everybody for a couple of weeks and then make that decision and decide to divide it off. So you may, at this initial stage, even before you've run your first meeting, see there's a clear divide that actually, you know, 70% 70% of this meeting is going to just be sales and marketing. So let's just not, you know, uh, get everybody involved. It's just going to waste their time. So you can deal with that. So you can put that off and set up a separate set, second, a second meeting, exactly the same structure, but purely for sales and marketing. But that may not be clear. It may be quite a mixed match of topics and there's no actually, you know, a big weight towards any one particular department. And therefore, I would run just one meeting. This meeting you're going to run, and again, I'll talk about the structure in a second, but that meeting you're going to run same time every week, same attendees every week, same structure, same time, uh, same duration, and you're going to slowly go through any issues that are on that list that you've created. That'll be talking about the quarterly goals or finding those, you know, coming up with plans, project plans, whatever it is, however you run and plan your project, your um, quarterly goals. Um, And also to actually go through any issues that are on that list that need to be addressed, and then any new issues that come up throughout the time that you're actually running these meetings, which new issues will pop up um, each and every week. Um, And then you'll have to then think about prioritizing what you're gonna talk about in each session. And then what you'll find is that after a few weeks of doing this, that actually you you may realize that actually, yeah, you know, sales and marketing or operations, whatever it is, wherever you're at with your business at this moment, that's taking over the majority of the meeting. So it's worthwhile palming that off onto another meeting. And then you just have a focus on a general company team meeting and then your 
um, departments, whatever it is, you slowly create additional meetings for those with a subset of the, the, the topics and also a subset of the team. And therefore you don't, you no longer discuss any sales and marketing stuff in the company wide. You then discuss it all in the sales and marketing meeting, or you discuss none of the operational stuff in the, in the team wide meeting. You discuss that in the operations meeting. And therefore you're not wasting people's time who don't need to be involved in those decisions that discussions, but you're also not just creating meetings for the sake of it. Because just the, the, the story behind this is that we actually started out and we said, okay, let's have a meeting for HR, a meeting for marketing, a meeting, meeting for products and uh, services, a meeting for, you know, all, all sorts. And what we end up, as I said like before, it's like a bunch of meetings that we didn't, sometimes didn't really have a lot to discuss in. Other ones were just totally overwhelmed because they weren't long enough. And so it didn't really work. So this is the way that we actually, when I, um, I split the company up last uh, a couple of years ago, um, did downsize the team massively and then built it back up again. And it was during that stage of building it back up, I went right back down to a single meeting rather than the bunch of meetings we're having, the five or six or seven meetings we were having. Took it back to a single meeting and then did exactly this process I'm talking to you about. And we now have ended up with four meetings each week, but on very specific topics because there was a need, because we were over overtaking that team meeting with the very departmental type stuff. And so, Breaking it off has allowed us to be far more productive in both of those, those meetings. And it's allowed us to have that team meeting to be really focused on team building, on you know, reviewing our team KPIs, our company KPIs, about actually we do something called team posts and we get we discuss that what we're going to actually get the team to create uh, content on in the following uh, the week. And so that's a great opportunity for us to get together and sometimes have a laugh about stories that we're sharing and things like that. And it's a really good team building exercise. So that team meeting has become really focused on either the big stuff. So for example, coming up with what our next quarter's goals are going to be, or are checking, are we working towards our quarterly goals? So KPI reviews, dashboard reviews, or actually stuff that actually does involve the majority of the people in the meeting. So that's the, I think one of the one of the nice things that's come out of this about separating things off is we've created a really nice, productive and um, team building event on a weekly basis. Cool. So the structure of this meeting, which I said I was going to cover, so I'm going to cover it in detail now. And this has really been adapted from uh, the book Traction by Gina Wickman. And they have this, something called the Level 10 Meetings. And a lot of the stuff in, in Gina Wickman's book, in Traction, I think is brilliant. But... For a micro business owner like me, you know, I've got a few members of staff. I've not got you know, millions of turnover or anything like that. I don't have management structures in place. You know, I have had managers in the past when we had a bigger team. I don't actually have, really have many anymore. I will be introducing those coming forward. But I'm, I'm the, really the really smaller end of the business. And my clients are at that sort of stage as well. Typically zero to 10 employees, maybe one manager in place. We're not the type of business that Gina Whitman talks about um, in the book Traction. But there's some great take-homes from that if you adapt it to be more meaningful for smaller businesses. And that's what I've really done. So I'm not kind of, I'm not, you know, this isn't plagiarism because I'm telling you this is where I've got my ideas from, but I have adapted it slightly into, uh, into what we now call our five-star meetings rather than level 10 meetings. And let me explain exactly how these are structured. So 
First of all, before the meeting starts, there's a quick session just to go through any issues that, are, that have been popped in there during the week and we just prioritize which ones we're gonna go first and we go through them in order because we might not get through them all and that's totally fine because we've dealt with the most highest priority stuff. So it's important to just to do that at the beginning of the meeting. And then we have exactly the same agenda, the same structure, every single meeting. We start with a update. That's a department update or a company-wide update, depending if it's a company-wide or a department meeting. And it's just the high level stuff that maybe we just wanna share with the with the team, whoever's in that meeting, just to make sure that everybody's aware that it's happened. So it may be we just close a new big client and we wanna just share that and celebrate that. It may be that uh, we've just got a new great guest on our podcast. It may be that we've just done something cool, launched a new course, or we've just figured out a big problem that's been really uh, bugging the whole team for ages. Uh, whatever those big milestones are, we just basically celebrate that with the team. Or maybe there's something you know about um, the future of the team or the profits or whatever, I don't know what we want to share. And then after the departmental update, which is just five minutes or so, we then go into our KPI review. We call this the dashboard review or the KPI review. And literally, we, just, we are making public to everybody in the team all the stuff that we've said that we are going to be responsible for. And this has been one of the most powerful things I've done, is to A, start thinking about what numbers each of the person each person in our team is responsible for. And each of those should lead towards sort of increasing our sales and our profits and our productivity. And then by then talking about or, or being public about those figures on a daily basis, it keeps people accountable. Or not on a daily, sorry, on a weekly basis, it keeps people accountable. Um, for example, there's one, I have a KPI, it's one of the things I, do, I have done badly in the past is checking and clearing my inbox because I often uh, didn't do that. I just, get, I just forget. And so one of my KPIs I actually talk about is that because it is so fundamental to the whole team being able to move forward if I'm holding up decision-making. So we actually caught, we actually created a KPI for me. I have to be named and shamed when I'm, uh, I have delays and, and I have overdue tasks in my inbox. And that's great. It motivates me to do it. So I'm, I'm very happy to share that and I share that with the whole team. And they can see when I have bad weeks and good weeks. <laughs> Pardon me. And... Um, so after our KPI review, we then do a goal review where we look specifically at our company goals and make sure that any tasks that we're doing in the, in the company are in line with our company goals. We then go through a to-do list review. So anything that was assigned last week, has it been done, any issues with it, make sure, it's, make sure that it can progress forward. We then go into our issues and go through all the issues that have been put onto that meeting over the period of the week. And we go through them one by one in the order that we've decided to say, okay, uh, what needs to be discussed, then create to-dos out of them. Or we, if we box them off in that meeting, we just tick them off. If there's a to-do to be done, we add it to our to-do list to be uh, reviewed the following week. We then confirm that everyone knows what they're gonna be doing by confirming the, the to-dos. And then we, at the end, we rate the meeting. And this is, one of the most powerful things, and I got this idea from Gina Whitman from his level 10 meetings, and we have a strict five-star score, and it's simply one point for each. Did the meeting start and finish on time? Yes or no? Was everybody who's meant to be in the meeting in the meeting? Yes or no? Was every item on the agenda, as in that agenda I just talked through now, was that covered? Every item, yes or no? Um, did the meeting stick to the schedule? So did we only spend the allotted time for each of those parts of the agenda, yes or no. And also, were there any tangents, um, as in was stuff discussed, was sorry, was everything that was discussed on the agenda or, or did we overrun? Did anything, any of the issues take longer than 10 minutes to discuss? 
if that's a either of those three yes so if we did have tangents or things just took more than 10 minutes then we don't score for that so possible five out of five that's what we aim for every single week and by again making that public everybody at the end goes around and gives their score it then means that we are being held accountable as a group or as a department or as a team to actually turn up on time do what we promised we were going to do or set out to do stick to the agenda and make sure we actually cover the stuff on the issues list and move the business forward super super powerful stuff um so that's it really but in conclusion um having a weekly team meeting that's set to an agenda that actually covers the issues that the company has is one of the most empowering and motivational things I've, I've managed to nail. And it took me years to get right. And the simple structure I just shared with you now, which thanks to Gina Whitman, huge, huge help to actually put this together. But the idea of, of having a structure, sticking to it, and making sure you have the right people in the meetings and not allowing the meeting to ever overrun are the key things to making this work. I mean, this isn't a drain on resources, quite the opposite. It's a very empowering and productive time. Um, at the, as a CEO of a company, unless you have a CEO, you've employed in your company, you need to get good at being a leader. I do not share my meetings. I lead them. And therefore, someone else is responsible for timekeeping. Someone else is responsible for the admin. I show up, I lead, and I help, and I get, and I help pull, you know, uh, involve people. I, I'm the lead in the meeting and I make sure that the meeting uh, runs well, but I'm not the chair of the meeting. You need to get good at being that leader uh, in your meetings. Um, and I believe that actually scoring a meeting, like using, say, our five-star meeting score or the level 10 meeting from Gina Wickman is probably one of the key things to making this a flying success. So I suggest or I, I encourage you to adopt a similar structure for your meetings. And that's it. So that is all about our team meetings, how we've adapted them over the years to overcome some of the challenges and the failings of our previous attempts. And we have now been doing it this way for well over 18 months now with great success. And our clients are loving this as well as they are implementing this into their businesses. I hope you find this useful. If you do, as always, please hit like. If you're a hit subscribe, leave us a review. Please let us know if you're going to implement this and if you do, of the results that you get. Love to hear more from you. Thank you very much indeed for listening and I'll see you next time. Thanks again. Thank you so much for joining me and listening to this episode. I'm well aware there are hundreds of great business podcasts out there and you chose to listen to this one. And for that, I am truly grateful. Hopefully what you heard today took you one step closer to building a successful business so you can share your passion with the world and serve an ever-growing number of people. If you got value out of today's episode, then so will someone else you know. By sharing with others what has helped you along your way, you will grow your influence and be the guy or girl that everybody wants to know. So please hit the share button right now and also remember to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss future episodes. It's impossible for me to cover absolutely everything in these podcasts. So please do head over to systemizeyoursuccess.com right now and download the show notes, transcriptions and some of my best frameworks and systems for free. Thanks again for tuning in and being a part of this amazing community. Until next time, this is Dr. Steve Day and you've been listening to Systemize Your Success. Your Success.